Hello and happy Monday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and it is always a pleasure to welcome you back to another informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we cover topics across the Cisco portfolio to give you the insights you want and need. All right, so today we are talking about how 5G SD-WAN has changed the ways businesses use the internet and connect to the cloud, specifically how Cisco SD-WAN, Cisco Catalyst 8000 Edge platforms, and the Cisco Catalyst Cellular Gateway combine to offer multi-gigabit 5G links to cloud applications that are deployed, managed, and monitored in the SD-WAN dashboard. To guide the conversation, we have with us today some fantastic Cisco champion hosts, and not one, but two amazing Cisco experts. So settle in and join us for the next half hour or so as we we dive a little bit deeper into this topic. All right, let's start with a quick lightning round of introductions. Arpitha and David, thank you for joining us today. Can you tell us about your role here at Cisco? Hi, Emily. Uh, thank you for having me on the podcast today. I'm Arpita Shetty, and I'm a product manager in the enterprise routing and SD-WAN team here at Cisco. Uh, I'm the product manager for the wireless WAN portfolio. And the newest technology transformation that I'm closely involved with is 5G. It's uh, been an exciting few months, uh, which actually feel like years, uh, working with uh, Patrick and David and the rest of our amazing cross-functional teams uh, to develop, maintain, and promote this portfolio. And hi, my name is David Roten. I am a technical marketing engineer. I work with Arpitha on the technical side, supporting her and the other marketing team uh, with the L aspects of LTE, 5G on the hardware platforms, as well as uh, integration in, with, for the platforms into vManage so that we can have easy access to manage and take advantage of 5G and 4G resources within the SD-WAN. Awesome. Did we say that he also has a nice cat as a profile picture? And the cat with the black glasses. A cool cat. We call those a cool cat. Yes. Yes, and he All may right. make a guest appearance at some point later in the show. Oh, he's real. <laughs> oh, no, he is real, yes. That's exciting. Does I he wear glasses that. all the time? <laughs> Only occasionally. <laughs> we are a PMTME combo with cats. <laughs> That's pretty cool. All right, David, you're up next. Okay, so... Hello, everybody. <laughs> Happy to be here again. My name is David Panalosa. I'm a principal engineer in Verizon, and I work as a consulting engineer. So I play with SD-WAN and, and well, sit with my customers and, well, enjoy telling them how to fix things and how to make things work. Sounds like a fun job. It is when you're right. <laughs> Artem, who are you? Yeah, hello, everyone. Um... My name is Artem Tkachov. I'm infrastructure manager um, at StoneX, um, leading the infrastructure team, um, fixing networks, developing networks, um, and, uh, well, trying to make it reliable as, as possible. All right. And you also talk about networks. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> All right. Arbitha, so before we kick off the conversation with our first question, is there any background or context you'd like to provide before we get into the gritty details? Um, sure. Um, let me just start off by talking about what's happening in uh, the networking space today. Um, we are in the midst of so many new technology transformations uh, like SD-WAN, SASE, multi-cloud connectivity, edge computing, and uh, along with these transformations, there now seems to be an eternal need for more bandwidth, uh, support for more de devices, and always-on connectivity. 
Um, introducing 5G into our enterprise routing portfolio um, was critical. It was necessary uh, because, uh, you know, we now have the Catalyst Edge platforms that you, uh, you know, briefly talked about, which were engineered with the next generation connectivity options and high performance requirements of a branch in mind. Uh, but at the same time, they had to support use cases like um, always on connectivity and high speed cloud access. Um, and, you know, customers historically relied on uh, wired connection for the best throughput or application experience. Uh, but with the cellular innovations uh, we have made with uh, 5G, customers can now actually rely on 5G um, as a primary or backup link. Um, and with SD-WAN, customers actually uh, can have that consistent policy enforcement and security uh, despite the connection type. Um, so that's what I'm seeing happening in the SD-WAN and uh, SD-WAN space today and how 5G is um, helping SD-WAN evolve, uh, you know, and helping customers meet these new use cases. So like Arpita was saying, you know, 5G brings so many things to the table that make the wireless WAN connection so much more similar to a landline connection. With 5G connectivity, we've got low latency that is rivals that, that you can get over a wire connection much, much better than what we could ever see with a 4G LTE connection. We also have much higher bandwidths that are available to us as well. Multi-gigabit bandwidths that we can get from a 5G platform. We're talking two, three gigabits per second downstream that we can get on these platforms. So it really does rival that landline connection with this 5G technology. And whenever you pair that together with SD-WAN with the, with the overlay versus the underlay, whenever 5G starts to participate in that, it's very easy to integrate 5G connectivity into the into the SD-WAN. You can just apply the simple policies that you have for the, the, the landline connections, and then traffic can alternately be routed across those connections that go into 5G. So it makes it very easy to, to integrate these 5G solutions into an existing network, as well as uses a 5G connection for an initial deployment as well, for that initial deployment before you can get landline services. So it's a great marriage of new, fast, and quick technology with ease of use and ease of management. Yeah, um, guys, um, if, if you don't mind, I want to really circle back on... Um on the media thing that you were referring to. I mean, obviously, wireless one, it, it you know, self-explanatory, I think. That is something, you know, um, using the radio. Um, and I want to understand, I mean, really 5G is uh, the same quality as LAN, um, I mean, the, the, the cable, um, or, or, um, or, or it's, you know, really close to that. Um, uh, and you would advise um, really use maybe 5G in the future? In the future, I mean the really near future. Um, and maybe, or maybe, you know, to the customers using LTE or 4G even, how reliable is that? So if you're in a in a situation where you've got, you know, a fixed 5G wireless, if you have a, you're in a, an area where you have the 5G service and you're doing a fixed deployment for that wireless, you're going to get a very good level of service. You're going to be able to position your, your LTE, your 5G antenna, where you can get that solid service. And by, by not having that mobility aspect of it, by having the fixed wireless, you're going to be able to get a solid signal that's going to be very dependable, that's going to give you a consistent set of performance from that 5G radio to that cell tower. And so that's where you're going to be able to get the, that low latency, high performance, and be able to tune that in a, in a you know, a very... Uh, 
exact fashion. When you add the mobility aspect to it, being able to have a, a mobile 5G station, of course you're going to transition some between 4G and 5G connections. And so that, the quality of that connection is going to vary a little bit, of course, as you bounce between a 4G and a, and a 5G service. Still high quality, but you're not going to have quite that landline experience in that mobile case that you have in that fixed wireless case. Now, as things improve and 5G coverage gets much better, and we have sub-6 coverage as well as millimeter wave coverage, you know, that experience with mobility is going to improve. You know, so, so give it a little bit of time, and the, that mobile experience will catch up with that fixed wireless experience. We're just not quite there yet with the, with the coverage that's out there in the field today, but it, but it is certainly coming, and it will happen. Yeah, I, I want to take a step back quickly because... There is something that uh, right now I hear so much about 5G everywhere, seriously. And then I went to, I always want to then ask people why. So which are the reasons for jumping into 5G? What, what is pushing us to get there? So well, how, how far is this getting us? Or or where we then against, uh, as, as they say in Spanish, just against the ropes? Oh, where are we getting beaten in this wireless part? And then why are we getting to 5G? I, I wouldn't understand it because you first hear about 5G once and then suddenly it's all over the place and oh, nice, we have it. But why? So what do you guys think is going to be the, or was the, the well, the, the antecedent of this? What was making us take this move or, or the leap of faith? Because we came from no 5G anywhere to now 5G is all over the place. So there's a leap of faith that we had to take in order to adopt it. Um, so I can, you know, I can add my two cents here on why 5G, right? Like you said, um, 5G is the new hot buzzword. Um, you hear about it. It seems like it's going to change the world. Uh, and um, I feel like these, you know, especially the 5G transformation that we're seeing is happening because of some parallel transformations, like I mentioned, right? It's like BYOD and um, customers adding more devices, uh, you know, more mobile devices to their space and cloud computing and IoT. Um, so I think what happened is... Um, you know, we needed more bandwidth, you know, more speed, multi-gigabit speed to address these um, new requirements that were coming in. And uh, 5G was the way to solve that. Um, and uh, I, I feel like, you know, customers do have their existing infrastructure. They had broadband, but not multi-gigabit speed, right? Uh, because even with 4G, um, it was kind of multi-gigabit, just, uh, you know, it, with our portfolio, it was like 1.2 gigabits per second uh, that we were getting with um, 4G CAT18. But then what 5G is promising is so much more. Uh, you know, there's so many more use cases that you could address with 5G. And I think it's, uh, it, it is very real. Um, you know, we've seen it, we've tested it. Uh, we've, we've seen it uh, in, you know, seen those numbers, seen those speeds in real life. Uh, so it seems more real to me, uh, you know, especially David and I uh, working on this portfolio. It seems more real to us today. So does it mean that, you know, if, if you have somewhere like really low connection, like even 3G, sometimes you shouldn't really play that solution or or maybe wait for 5G or that's I really like how David does, you know, um, a LAN cable experience. So, you know, with, with, I think with every technology, there is some kind of infrastructure change that needs to be done, right? Like uh, David was mentioning, there needs to be more cell towers. There needs to be something that happens in the back end. But what you can do, what customers can do today is they can prepare for the future, right? They could 
uh, add devices in their network today that are uh, future ready, right? They can add devices that have options to connect to 5G in the future um, or, you know, um, fall back to 4G or 3G. If you're not ready, you know, if your ISP is not ready with 5G yet, you can still use those devices with 4G uh, and 3G, but make investments towards the future. Right. And, and just to follow on with what our Pita is saying, you know, we have units like our cellular gateway 522E that is five, you know, sub six 5G, but it also operates in the 4G space. There's no reason to not deploy those devices now. Take advantage of the high speed 4G network that's in the environment today. And then whenever service providers in that area upgrade to 5G, you've immediately got a device that can seamlessly take advantage of that 5G connection and be able to offer that high-speed connectivity to those locations to be able to access resources that need high-speed connections from the branch. You know, with the advent of cloud and, and so many services that are in the cloud, having that high-speed access from the branch is key and being able to have a, a wireless backup or even an active wireless connection to take advantage of those is exactly what you need and 5G provides that. And being able to have that seamless step up from 4G to 5G in a single piece of hardware is key to making that transition easy. Okay, then then the, the next question that I have in mind then is, because we're talking about adopting, it, it might not be widely uh, adopted yet, but, but we're talking about preparing ourselves. So in the same way, I can buy a phone that's a, supports 5g but it will take a while before 5g is available for everybody in the country i'm just getting ready for that so how is cisco actually surfing this 5g wave because it's coming all over the place so so how are you guys then catching the wave and well surfing your way through it i i see i see her laughing you know with all these random questions she must be thinking where the hell is this guy coming from <laughs> So at, uh, at Cisco with, uh, you know, within different business units, we are trying to see how we can adopt 5G, um, you know, and solve the use cases of the customers within that business unit. For example, in enterprise routing, um, for us, it made more sense to, um, you know, create a product that works with our edge devices, our, our routers, and, um, and see how you can get those 5G speeds um, you know, to to help customers uh, use probably, you know, um, we have SD-WAN today in our routers. So how can we use 5G as maybe a primary link or a backup link for uh, connectivity, right? That's something that we already do on our routers um, with SD-WAN. Um, so I think we, we try to just see how we can add it as how we can complement our portfolio uh, and how it can enhance our portfolio. Uh, so that's something that we're doing within our business unit. Um, we do have a wireless WAN portfolio that I can go into in details. Yeah, well, um, yeah. So maybe just to uh, continue the <laughs> the question said, um, I, I think the question that I might have, I mean, well, you know, as David said, 5G is, uh, is, is everywhere, or at least a lot of countries. Um, is implementing or some of them just like a Switzerland already covered uh, all the countries. How are you guys actually catching up with compatibility thing? Because, you know, um, each country might have their own band allocated for that. Um, how you're trying to track it? I mean, maybe you're cooperating with some mobile providers or government maybe sometimes. Sure. So with our 5G hardware, what we've, what we've, 
offer today and what we plan to offer in the future are global hardware PIDs. And so you're going to have a single hardware PID that's going to have a radio that's going to be compatible across North America, Asia, uh, Europe. You know, basically a globally compatible piece of hardware that can have custom firmware that can be loaded on it to have compatibility with specific carriers and specific geographies if they have specific a- items that they need to have configured to optimize on those networks. But with that global PID, it makes ordering easy, management easy uh, for for that hardware, and it gives us the ability to be able to give a consistent experience across those geographies. Okay, so so right now, do we have, because uh, um, some curiosity here, is, is there anything else on top of 5G that is trending, that is just... Well, we say also uh, rattling the cage, <laughs> you know, something that is really making making noise on top of 5G. What else can we bring up to the table then if we have a one of these beefy boxes that can't even read newspaper if we want to? Just 5G. What else can we add to the mix? Man, I just recently read that uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, in South Korea, they are testing already uh, 6G. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh well, <laughs> really? <laughs> that's another level. <laughs> yeah. I was what do you think about that, David? the the fact The fact that they're already dancing around six G, it just it just goes to show that there's always constant innovation, you know, in in this space. And so, five G is such a huge step from four G. I mean, you, when you try to compare the, you know, where we went from three G to four G, it was a big step. But four G to five G is is you know a, a degree of magnitude ahead from what we've seen seen in the past with the advent of standalone networks with the lower latency and the higher bandwidths being able to with 5g for enterprises to be able to deploy their own cellular networks within their enterprise spaces or within uh, industrial spaces to be able to, to, to manage those on their own that was never something that was you know possible with 4g and so if, if we have that you know next level of magnitude growth between uh 5G and 6G, it's it, it's almost you know it's it's hard to imagine what could be brought to the table to to make this wireless WAN connectivity you know closer to that wireline experience, but it's absolutely the case. But you know with the the advent of you know what we have here in 5G, we've got you know the the combination of Wi-Fi 6 and 5G together to be able to cover spaces like uh, industrial yards. Uh, stadium facilities to be able to cover wide open spaces that are that are part of the center part of the stadium also being able to cover the concession ring in the in the under parts of the facility as well in a, in a seamless network where clients are able to, to move seamlessly between wi-fi and the 5g network uh, to be able to maintain consistent connections as you transfer between those networks so you know those sort of things were never possible before in in 4g so you know that sort of innovation is is fantastic okay well that I think that's a brilliant thing. Uh, I want to, though, before covering the use cases that I know that Artemis there just you know itching for asking this, I want to I want to to make a comparison between them. Then uh, I would like to then hear about the magic numbers that we would use to you know slap on PPT presentations and that kind of stuff. So what do we have? Uh, which one is the more or less the, the difference between having a connection of 4G and Kevin and connection of 5G. What's the, the the leap that we are taking? Because I'm pretty sure it's a smashing number though. So, you know, I, th- I think the, the two biggest <laughs> things that, that stick in people's minds more than anything else are the, the bandwidth numbers and the latency numbers. Mm-hmm. Because, yes. because, you know, those are the things that, that you know, seem to drag us back with wireless WAN 
the most. And if you look at the bandwidth numbers, we, we've crossed over the one gigabit barrier. We're able to do two, three, four, up to six gigabits per second connectivity theoretically with 5G. The hardware that we offer today goes up to over three gigs worth of connectivity with 5G. And if you're looking at latency numbers, you're looking at latency numbers on the order of, you know, 10 to 20 milliseconds. So it's it's really fantastic numbers that you have for the latency. Imagine that. So two seconds running on that device at full speed are a complete season of Game of Thrones on the floor. Imagine you drop the cable. Bam! Two seasons down, dude. Oh, <laughs> let me just plug it back before somebody knows who's the, you know, who's the bad guy. Okay, Arden, are you ready for yeah. it? Oh, yeah. I will yeah, do the I drums. Mean, yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> guys, just, you know, um, listening to what you're saying about the latency and bandwidth, I mean, what, what the use cases for, for these kind of things? I mean, because definitely you have a lot of them. Um, and especially I think what I can think of is agriculture, uh, where you, you don't have the cables or, or stadiums where you cannot really um, do the cables because it's just a massive number of, I mean, just a lot of people. Um, so what else? I mean, where you might be using that technology? How, how it can help business, you know, to, uh, to earn the money, if I can say it in this way? You know, we would say um, there's, there's 5G for um, consumers, right? Uh, and then there's 5G for enterprises. So 5G for, you know, regular uh, consumers, regular uh, customers, there are so many use cases. Like you said, you know, there could be agriculture, um, you know, but with 5G for enterprises, like we, Cisco has devices that um, with 5G that you can deploy in um, healthcare, for example, right? I think that's on top of everyone's mind today. Uh, with COVID, we had these mobile hospitals that had to be set up quickly, needed to have connectivity, needed to be uh, able to uh, connect people from different parts of the world. So I think 5G was great at that time. Like it was great to have that technology now when we really needed it. Uh, so we have use cases like that um, for, you know, the product that David and I represent um, for us, 5G means, you know, how to, how do we use this technology in enterprises, right? How are we using it in our um, branches, for example, right? How are we using it as a complementary technology along with what exists in customers' network today? Um, and then, you know, like you were, you were having this discussion about 6G and all I was thinking was, is we're still trying to figure out 5G and what 5G can do. And, uh, you know, there are so many things that 5G can do today, um, which we're still exploring, right? Um, so, so I'm not ready for 6G yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm barely well, understanding my phone, the power my, of 5G. My phone is not ready. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't worry. One, the, you know, one the mobile phones would be out. You, you will get it. <laughs> yeah, you have to address it eventually. So, when when mentioning about the speeds, <laughs> uh, because the, that's a key topic. You know, although I think everybody got started with the Game of Thrones things. So, we're talking about exactly which appliance, David, because that speed is based on what. <laughs> So for, for the 5G, we currently have uh, two offerings. There's this, the Cisco Server Gateway uh, CG522-E, and that's a LTE radio that we can use to deploy remotely in a facility and then do an Ethernet connection back to a device that lives elsewhere in the facility. So typically, your network stack is buried somewhere deep inside the building in the basement. You're not going to get a very good uh, 
LTE or 5G signal. And so the Sailor Gateway platform enables you to be able to deploy the radio close to the roof, close to a window, be able to run an external antenna from that unit outside the facility to get that high quality signal that's going to be, you know, clear sight or very, you know, very close to the cell tower, and then use the existing Ethernet infrastructure of the facility for the connection between the cellular gateway back down to the network stack. All you need is DHCP compatibility uh, for a standards client, a standards compliant DHCP between the client device and the cellular gateway, and you're going to be able to add LTE to any platform out there uh, to get 5G added to that platform. In addition to that, we also offer 5G PIMs that can be inserted directly into routers where the router is deployed, where you can get a, a high quality signal. So we offer the best of both worlds, an integrated 5G solution, as well as a remote radio deployment to be able to do Ethernet connectivity to get the best of both. Hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Wait, wait there, wait there, wait there. The gateway. What? So, so how do I touch the gateway? It's going to be completely transparent. Do I get to play with buttons? What happens there? Because once I get a WAN transport for SD1, that becomes just a black hole there. It's just, let me just send my packets there and I will make sure it works. So so the platform, is, it's an IP pass-through device. So in use, it's pretty transparent. It goes and gets the LTE signal. It gets an IP address. It hands it off to the client device, and it basically at that point is passed through. However, it is managed via vManage in the SD-WAN, so you're able to use SD-WAN to be able to do software upgrades, to configure custom APNs, to do all those things that you need to do to be able to do zero-touch deployment, to bring the service up and to have it run well and to be able to monitor it. But then in, in practice, it's a very, very simple device for network up for the actual true network operation because it's that IP pass-through device. So you have the full functionality of your routing platform that lives behind it where you can do your NAT, your firewall, your umbrella, all your fancy networking applications that are compatible with Ethernet are fully functional on your router, but you're doing it all via LTE. So it's a fantastic solution to be able to get high feature functionality via that uh, cellular connection. And with the 522 platform, the CG522E, 4G compatible, easy step up to 5G whenever that platform or whenever that service is available where you have it deployed. Yeah, that's that's cool, uh, David. But uh, I mean, listen to that. I mean, for me, gateway sounds like a kind of single point of failure. How I can make sure that redundancy is there? Kind of, yeah, kind of maybe dual SIM or should I put a second device just to make sure I maybe make a kind of, you know, active standby solution? So there's a, there's a couple of different levels of redundancy that are built in. With the Sailor Gateway, there are two SIMs that can be installed. So you can connect to two different service providers. If the first service provider fails, he'll automatically move over to the second service provider and bring up that connection and offer that to the client device. Now, if you're in an SD-WAN deployment, of course, you could have multiple Sailor Gateways deployed for multiple active service providers. You could have the Sailor Gateway in conjunction with a, a terrestrial connection, or you can even have a combination of built-in cellular with a PIM and then have the Sailor Gateway as well. And then SD-WAN basically does all the work for you to take care of the redundancy case. All the connections are constantly monitored for performance, for up-down status, even for degradation. And if there's degradation or line goes down, SD-WAN will automatically move that connection and the traffic for a particular application or for all applications over to an alternate link, all with no interaction from the users at that branch location or 
from the network operations center. It's all handled automatically. So it's very redundant and it's very quick in taking action whenever we do notice some sort of you know, redu- reduction in functionality. SD-WAN takes care of all that for us. Dangerous to sell things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just going to add to what David said, um, you know, by... For redundancy, you can think you can say that we have three different things, right? That we've thought about when we say redundancy. One is hardware itself, um, and I just want to, you know, add a plug to our portfolio. <laughs> uh, you know, just just calling out what we have in our portfolio today. We have products that have integrated LTE. We have products that use that. PIM that David spoke about. We have products that use cellular gateway. Um, so from that way, you know, you can, you can use a product with integrated LTE or a PIM in it and add cellular gateway for redundancy. Um, then you have the SIMs that offer redundancy, right? The dual SIM option. Uh, if there's a one SIM fails, you know, you can use the other one. And then you have SD-WAN. I, and I think that's why the topic that we are discussing today, 5G SD-WAN is so important because it's not just 5G, you know, SD-WAN by itself is great. 5G by itself is great. But what does 5G plus SD-WAN have to offer? And like David mentioned, you know, if um, a link goes down, if a 5G link goes down, uh, you know, you can SD-WAN helps you switch, uh, you know, hel- helps you first find, you know, which is the best um, next link to connect to. And then it helps you connect to that link. Um, so I think that's why it's so important to discuss what we are talking about today, 5G plus sd so that 5G yeah. SD one is that chocolate plus you know raspberry type of marriage. Uh, they chocolate always plus peanut together. butter. Chocolate plus peanut butter. Chocolate oh. plus coconut. There you go. See, well, everybody <laughs> has their disagree. own. <laughs> Artem, you seem yeah, like holding um, off. Yeah, yeah. I have another question. I mean, that's everything is okay. I mean, that's a hardware compatibility and uh, how you can merge those. Two. But what about the virtualized platforms like ENCS, for example? So we've got options there as well. With the ENCS platforms and, and as the uh, A200 UCP platforms, you've got options to put a PIM module in the platform for a direct LT or 5G radio that's in the platform itself, or you can use a cellular gateway to attach via Ethernet. And when you do that, you're going to have access to that LTE service via Ethernet, either on the direct bare metal of the platform or from the virtualized appliances that are running on that platform. So you can use that, uh, the Gateway platform for the virtualized solutions as well as the hardware solutions, and it's going to be managed in the same in the same fashion. So it, you've got the best of both there. And is there any limitations? Is there any limitations um, in terms of throughput if you are using models or, or um, external gateways? No, there's there's really not. Cool. The the through the the performance of the whole of the whole setup is going to be governed by the cellular gateway device itself, and so connecting it to a hardware appliance or a virtualized appliance is going to make no difference for for the performance for the LTE. I love when he says that there are no issues with this because I'm seriously right now measuring the performance of the device in a in a new unit. It's just seasons of Game of Thrones per second, so I'm starting to do all the math already. <laughs> how many will be on the floor <laughs> when we drop the cable so talking about the gateway because i got something else that comes to my mind when we talk about the gateway in general when you connect or when you get a transparent sd-wan the whole reason behind running bfd proofs end to end and ensuring that then the quality and the performance of the transport is well is according to your slas and trust and so on 
is simply because you lack the visibility, because you don't know what the hell is behind your next hop. So if I can then manage that box in vManage, and this is what tickles a little, then what's the visibility I get there? Because in general, that's going to be your, your gateway. And usually you don't even manage your gateway. So what do I get with this box when I put it into vManage and suddenly it appears in my dashboard as another box? Sure. So whenever you have one of these cellular gateway platforms and you're managing it with vManage, you're going to have access to, of course, throughput information on the interfaces, the LTE interface, as well as the uh, Ethernet interface. You're going to have historical data for that throughput. You're going to have historical data for the signal quality that you had for the active SIM at the time. So you're going to have all your RSSI statistics, your RSSQ statistics. All those things are going to be available over a historical uh, period of time, at least seven days worth of data, so that if you're trying to position the unit to get the highest quality signal, you can move it from place to place, look at that historical data to find out where you got the best quality signal. So you're going to have tools like that that are available to you uh, as part of the management tools. And then back down on the router itself, you're going to have the router running its BFD, all of the SLAs that the router would do normally across a terrestrial link. And so all those statistics that were available to you on the routing platform are also available to you at, through the transport of the state of the gateway. So you've got two sets of statistics that you can look at your LTE, 5G signal quality data, as well as your network performance data that's going to be delivered to you from your uh, routing platform as well. We also have Thousand Eyes integrated into our uh, platforms today. So if you need more visibility, uh, we have that option as well. Right, David? <laughs> Absolutely. That was my next question. Yeah, what about the recent acquisition? <laughs> I mean, we've thought about work together. <laughs> we've thought about everything. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we know about it? Tell us more. It's going to be an older catalyst by default. Yeah, exactly. And, and what additional visibility it actually brings? I mean, how I can sell it to my um, to my CTO, for example? Um, so with Thousand Eyes, you know, we with vManage itself, we do offer, you know, first thing with our Catalyst gateways itself, we are offering so much visibility. And then um, vManage for the platform, we are offering visibility. But then what does Thousand Eyes uh, bring to the table? Um, it's actually just more visualization, more insights um, into your network. Uh, you can actually see the network path uh, visualization. Um, instead of just, you know, right now we're just having this conversation and saying that, okay, the next path, you know, how does SD-WAN pick the path? Uh, but then Thousand Eyes helps to visualize that. Um, and then more visibility of the SD-WAN overlay and underlay, more um, insights on your endpoints itself, um, auto discovery of your network topology is what Thousand Eyes helps with and much more. How do we order those? How do we get to those? Because now it becomes the, oh, it is available for you. You can have all these toys. You, know, you can get them home and play with them. So how do I get those right now? Is it that I can just go to my Cisco Commerce? So I'm dating myself saying Cisco Commerce, but I'm sorry. And, and then the, just just jumping in and ordering so. How do we get those? So, David, with is uh, it available know, right now? Everything we talk about is available right now. <laughs> so, Look at um, you! Give me ten. You know, no, uh, no, at no. Cisco, <laughs> at, at Cisco, over the last few years, our focus has been on customer experience. Our focus has been how how do we um, package and bundle our product so that it's easier for customers to consume. 
Uh, you may have heard of our whole transition to a subscription model, just trying to make things easier for customers. Uh, so when you purchase our Catalyst platforms today, uh, Thousand Eyes, obviously, you know, you can you can still purchase it standalone. But if you purchase our Catalyst platforms today, um, we are offering uh, enablement through our DNA subscriptions. Uh, so then it's easy for customers to, you know, you don't have to think about it as, okay, that's yet another solution. I need to speak to a different rep and, you know, all that. It's, it doesn't work that way. We have simplified all that. So if you go to Cisco Commerce, like you mentioned, you know, you go to CCW and you're ordering it. Um, then you say DNA subscriptions, you can actually see that Thousand Eyes, uh, you can see that, you know, the technology, the enablement is uh, bundled into it. Um, so that way, I think we've made things easier, much more you know, uh, accessible, simpler for customers to consume. Will it come already with the, um, with the SIM card or you need to order it somewhere locally? Um, so the cellular gateway, the cellular gateways, uh, today we are not offering it uh, with SIM cards, but we are, um, you know, eSIM is on our roadmap today. Uh, we're working hard towards making it available on our portfolio uh, very, very soon. Uh, so once that is available, you know, we can ship this programmable SIM for customers so then they don't have to worry about, uh, you know, procuring SIMs and uh, putting into their devices. So we're trying to simplify that as well. I love when she says that they're going to simplify it and it's going to be a programmable SIM. Hell yeah, that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this has actually been another phenomenal episode of Cisco Champion Radio. My hope is that you're walking away with some net new knowledge that you can apply to your work or you can share with your colleagues. I appreciate you listening in today and a special thank you to our experts, Bravo, and our champs for being a part of today's episode. Couldn't do it without you. If you want to learn more about today's topic, just click on the link provided in the description below. And of course, just a reminder, you could subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button now. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. See you next Monday.